Is there something that consumes your mind? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Later in the show, you'll hear from Daniel Jacobson, who was on our previous show, who was so addicted to drugs that it consumed his mind, relationships, and almost his own life. You know, I think about my life and the lives of the people that I hung around as a young person and how we would get set on something. And I can even do that today where I get set on something and I think about that thing. I want to do it. There's many things that we can get consumed with, whether it's shopping for things, Facebook, video games, or even if it's that drug like you were talking about. There are so many things that our hearts and minds can get so obsessed with both good and bad. Mm-hmm. But what does the Bible say about that? In Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 through 5, it says, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Mm. And what's amazing about this is that this is literally telling us to set our mind on things above and our hearts and our minds, they tend to grip things that are here on this earth. Yeah. And even if they're good things or bad things, mm-hmm. it's both all bad because it says that all of it is idolatry. Mm. And idolatry, you know, when we think of idols, we think of like these little statues or right. like gold statues that people bow down and worship. But today, these things can be like money, mm-hmm. can be like sex, drugs, Fame. anything that takes the place of God. Mm. So what is it that you're consumed with? Let's hear from Daniel after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Lay, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Hello, everyone. Joining us once again is Daniel Jacobson, and he's been sharing with us how he was born addicted to meth and living with his parents who were also addicted to drugs. And he had a lot of hurt and resentment and anger toward the way he was raised. At 13 years old, he ended up drinking, smoking pot, then doing meth, and then got addicted to methadone. Even though at 18, he tried to go through rehab, it didn't help. And he ended up in a marriage where he was still addicted to drugs and could not break it and was so in love with this drug that that's all he could think about. Ended up flatlining and dying five different times, but still wanted this drug. So Daniel, thanks so much for being with us. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I understand that you woke up in the hospital bed because you coded, which means you died. They had you chained to the bed and you're like, where am I? And they said, you're in a hospital. You almost died. And the only thing keeping you alive is this certain thing they put in your body to keep you alive. And from there, all you could think about is you wanted to get methadone. Is that right? That's right. So when you got out of that bed, what happened next? I went and hit the pharmacy up, turned in a prescription, got my next fix, if you will, and hit the streets. And I ended up getting arrested shortly after. Mm. And it's honestly the first introduction that I had with who God is and that there is a God. There's someone other than me. Well, tell me a little bit about where was God for you in all of this during your childhood and upbringing? Who was God to you? Well, 
during my upbringing, you know, God was never anything but, you know, like a comic book character or a swear word. My family wasn't spiritual. They had no church background, none of that, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was imaginary. I had no relationship with this God Mm. that I was told about and that I heard about. Wow. And so I understand that with these death experiences where you flatline from drugs, you started to feel very invincible, like, well, nothing can kill me. So you continued with these drugs and then you got arrested. So what made you feel like God was real through that arrest? Well, you know, watching my friends die around me, you know, it seemed like every month I was losing another friend from the same stuff that I was doing, doing less than what I was doing. So I figured I could do anything I need to do. You know, I'd do anything I want to do. I was invincible. I was like Superman is what I told people. Wow. And when I did get arrested, I was looking at 15 years in prison for felony trafficking and distribution and sales. And I'm sitting in a jail cell bragging about, you know, look at me, look what I'm doing. I thought it was like Scarface or something, you know, and I thought I was yeah. this big guy doing stuff. And in reality, I wasn't doing anything. And this guy came walking up to me and he was one of those guys that everybody listened to, you know, and I was talking to him about stuff and every other word out of my mouth was a swear word and war stories. And I used to do this and I used to do that. And this guy looked at me and he's like, man, you know, are you happy to be here? I'm like, no, I'm not happy to be here. And he said, you know, you have a choice. You don't have to be here. And I was like, what do you mean I have a choice? And he goes, man, (laughs) he's like, nobody ever told you that you don't have to be who your parents told you were, who people around you told you were. You don't have to turn out to be like them. And he did give me a scripture and he told me that any man in Christ is a new creation, that the old life is gone and new life has begun. And he told me this in saying that you don't have to live that old life anymore. You have a choice today. Mm, Gosh, that's so powerful. And he was speaking right to your identity. And I feel like most of us believe we're just a product of our parents, the culture we're in, how we've been raised. And this is just my lot and I have to live it. And that's where you were at up until that moment. What were you thinking after you heard this profound statement? You know, I took it to heart. He was one of those guys that people listened to. And he reminded me a lot of the people I grew up around, you know, in and out of prison. And I looked at him like an uncle or an older brother. So I tried taking what he said seriously. I did like, I don't know, 14 months on that turn. And when I got out, it was right back to the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wanted to die. I was on a death mission. I didn't want to live is what it came out to. Any prayers that I had were suicidal prayers where God take me out of this. I don't want to do this anymore. Since you're not taking me out, I'm going to do it myself. Wow. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I woke up not remembering how I got there or what I did, you know, waking up in my own vomit. It was horrible. There was no quality at all. Wow. So you pretty much hated life. You hated yourself and you were severely depressed. Yeah, definitely. So there was this time where everything changed for you and you said a prayer and you said, you know, God, I'm ready to die. Take me out. I want to die. Tell me where you were at and what led to that. Another failed relationship and another just few years of running. And I still felt unfulfilled. And I remember thinking we had this old tree up in the woods by where I live. And I was like, I can just go out there and throw a rope over it and it'll be a wrap, you know? Yeah. And I remember thinking how easy it would be. And then I remember thinking how hard it would be on my family. And I'm like, I'm stressing, I'm pacing back and forth in my living room. And I'm like, just like frustrated because I tried to pick up, I carried a Bible with me, but I'd never open it up. And when I did open it up, it wouldn't make any sense to me. And I knew it was because of the lifestyle I was living. You know, the Bible is just a book to somebody who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I remember putting it down 
And I remember hitting my knees in front of my couch and my Bible's laying on my couch and I opened it up and I'm looking at it and it's just totally blurry. And I got tears in my eyes and it's not running down my face and I'm just sobbing to where my stomach hurt. And I remember thinking, you know, how could you do this to me, God? How come you can't take me out? How come I'm, how come I lost everything again? You know, I still don't have my daughter. I don't have anything right now. I don't have anybody I could even talk to. And I remember looking at the Bible and like two lines just went totally bold and black. And it said that I'm the one that creates the light and brings the darkness. I bring prosperity and I create calamity. And it's crazy how it hit me like a ton of bricks at that time. And I had to look more into it. But basically, he was telling me, I did this because I want you to know who I am, who Mm -hmm. God is. You know, I brought you through this because before you thought you knew who I was, but I wanted to bring you into a true relationship with who I really am, that I am the God of grace and mercy, that I am merciful, that I did allow you to go through these things, but I saved your soul and I saved your life because I have a greater purpose for you. That The only fulfillment you're ever going to find is in me. Wow. And when he showed me that, it was like somebody hit me in the chest with a Mack truck and it snapped me out of whatever I was going through. And from that day on, my life has just been a complete 180. I can't even explain it in words. It's been crazy. Wow. So Um, in that moment, you went to your knees, you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus and your whole life was completely changed. Did the addiction go away? Yeah, I haven't touched anything in a little bit over three years now. And I haven't even had the desire to use. I don't look for it. I don't entertain the thought. I deal with my physical pain on a daily basis now, and I have no desire to try to self-medicate in any way. Oh, that is so awesome. That is awesome. And what have you learned as far as who you are and your identity? And, you know, there are people listening who feel like, I don't know who I am, what I'm doing. I can't help what I'm doing. But I think really they don't know their identity and how much God loves them. What have you learned and what could you speak to someone out there? I can tell you what nobody ever told me was that even when I was out there running from God, running from myself and running from all these things that I I thought I was running from, that God was right there the whole time, that he loves us so much that he's going to let us run just far enough to show us who he really is in us. You know, our identity is found in, and it's not found in our jobs. It's not found in our family. It's not found in any material possession because when we lose all that, we're left with ourselves and God. God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's always there with us and he's always got his hand over us. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. And I want to just thank you for sharing and being honest about what the Lord has done in your life and all that you've been through, Daniel. It's so beautiful to see this, how God can change us. Even if we're born to drugs, as Mm -hmm. far as addiction goes, Mm -hmm. we could be born in the worst set of circumstances, but the Lord has the power to change it in an instant. And that's what he did with you. He healed you, he redeemed you, and he blessed you. And like you said, it took you just humbling yourself, going on your knees and looking up. And we're going to pray for those who are listening right now who need this hope and change in their lives. Thank you so much for being with us, Daniel. Thank you again. I appreciate you. You know, when I hear this testimony, it's just so encouraging. And as I'm praying, I'm really hearing from the Lord to share with someone to say that you don't have to be where you're at or maybe where your parents were at, or you don't have to reduplicate the same mistakes of your past or from those who think you should be a certain way. Mm -hmm. You have the freedom and that freedom, it doesn't just come on its own. It's not just positive thinking, but you need something powerful to move you from one rut into a free path where you truly have freedom to turn left to right. Mm -hmm. And what I've discovered is when I received Jesus Christ, it provided the power to get me out of the rut of where my habits, my past, my family was 
guiding me towards. Mm -hmm. And it blasted me out of that rut and put me on a free path towards freedom. Yes. And there's someone who's listening right now who's in that rut and they want to get free. They want to get out of that rut. Mm -hmm. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I'm lifting up the listener who's saying, that's me. And Lord Jesus, we're asking for that power. And Jesus, we know you're that power. Yes. Father God, we receive you right now. Jesus. We call upon your name Mm -hmm. for that life-changing power, for the old things to pass away and truly for the new things to come forth. Mm -hmm. We receive you, Jesus. We receive the new right now, my friend. Just receive it. We receive it and we believe in it and we surrender our lives to you to follow you Mm -hmm. in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.